Okay, we're we're recording. All right, what? take two. Hey, hey. <laughs> Hey, 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 I'm Steph. And I'm KB. And And we we are Activate Podcast. We are two Jesus-loving mamas who may cuss a little. This podcast is our passion. Get ready to tag along through the ups and downs of our crazy lives. We're going to bring you guests that will inspire and encourage you to grow in your health and in your faith. We will talk about parenting, relationships, fitness, and nutrition. We will bring you the latest fashion tips and share all of our favorite things. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you some laughs and relatable, inspiring content that will encourage you to activate your life. Hey, hey. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm good. And you're not blurry today. You know, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> I'm in the dungeon. The cleaners are upstairs. I'm in the dungeon. It seems to work best down here. So yeah, here we are. I love it. It's, it's 97 degrees next to all this equipment, but I'm here. Um, so we're just going to jump right in today. We have an exciting guest. So yeah. Justin doesn't know this, but he is actually the first man to ever grace uh, Activate Podcast. We did have one guest that brought her husband. Yes. So Chris Brown, he was on once. Um, but other than that, it's only been women on Activate. So you're you're the first, Justin. Um, so today we have Justin Freistadt. He's an entrepreneur and multifaceted transformation coach. His expertise covers several areas, including weight loss, health, wealth, sales, business, and personal branding. He has transformed thousands of lives through several vehicles. Justin runs Heartland Foods uh, with his father, which is the number one family-owned farm-to-table food service on the East Coast. He's sold over $15 million in direct-to-consumer sales. He's also set the in-home food industry record for annual and monthly sales that still stand to this day. He is now the vice president of sales and host of the Healthy with Heartland podcast. Uh, he spearheads the growth engine of Heartland Foods with annual revenue in excess of $10 million. Justin wow. regenerates the health of individuals through his coaching program, Top Tier Human. Uh, the Top Tier Mastermind is opening new doors and connecting like-minded people all over the world. So welcome, Justin. Welcome. Wow. You're speaking my love languages. <laughs> well, thank you for that amazing introduction. I'm glad to bring some testosterone to the podcast. That's right. That's right. Yes. yes. Uh, I well, I just it. hormones checked and I'm actually high in testosterone. So we have that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably super high in testosterone. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm so excited. So Justin, I'll just, so we met, um, I guess it was about five years ago now, uh, through a gym I was working at and you came in and did a demonstration, um, with some of your, um, products from Heartland Foods. And then you ended up coming into my home and prepared a meal for my husband and myself. And, um, I've just been kind of following your journey ever since then. And I'm really excited to have you on. It is great to be here. It's been great to serve your family for the past five years as well. Farm to table food service, health and wellness, you know, all that good stuff. We are very like minded in that sense. So it's been a good relationship. It has. It has. And I was just telling you before we pushed record that Brendan and Keith just left from um, my Heartland delivery was literally just a few minutes ago. It was between noon and four. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're probably going to ring the doorbell when I'm recording with Justin. Um, So, yes, um, my family is very excited that the freezers are full again. Um, But so my my I guess my favorite thing about you, Justin, is that you're always like ever like watching your evolution over the last five years, like you're always leveling up. And I think that's 
like our whole premise here on Activate is to help women activate their lives, be the best possible version of themselves, get unstuck, propel themselves forward, all these things. And it's things that I see you doing in your life every single day. And so I kind of would like you to start with like, where does that come from? Where did that drive come from in you? Uh, well, I think the first thing is just understanding that blank space on the calendar has never been a good thing for me. And yeah. if I don't fill it up with good things, destructive things are going to happen. So <laughs> un understanding who you are and being honest with yourself and then building a life by design that fits that and is positive for you is, is really where it starts. And then being able, just like in business or a body transformation, it doesn't really matter what it is. You have to be able to use data. You have to be able to audit things. And the progression of life is just trying to be better than you were yesterday and running a race against yourself, not comparing to other people. And just by staying focused on that, I've been able to look back and say, okay, I can do more in a day today than I did yesterday. Yeah. I'm getting better at this, getting better at that. And I'm always just trying to be able to look backwards and, and be able to audit that and then recreate a better um, format for my life moving forward. So mm -hmm. if, uh, if you're always doing that, you're always going to be progressing and getting to the next level. That you're going yeah. Do you find that working with all kinds of different people that it's typically easier for men to have that mindset? Um, because obviously, like we work with a lot of women and I have for many, many, many years. And, you know, for me, I'm like, I don't know, I just believe and I just try to be better, you know, but it's such a roadblock for so many women specifically is what I find. Yes. And it's, it's also when with my one-on-one -on -one coaching with body transformations, I mean, women are just much harder to figure out, more complicated. <laughs> There's a lot more going on with hormones. You know, um, it just is what it is. Things are just simpler for men. So yeah, I, I do <laughs> think that, that there is a, a level of complication and more things to factor in um, on the female side of things for sure. I love the idea of just comparing yourself to who you were yesterday rather than comparing yourself to all the people around you, because I think that's where a lot of us get really stuck. And for me, myself, I, I didn't do anything for so long because I felt like there's always going to be somebody better. So what's the point? Yeah. And I hate that I had that mindset, but I really did. Like, well, if I'm not going to be the smartest or the wisest or the fastest or the prettiest or the whatever, what's the point in doing it? And that really kept me stuck for such a long time. Yeah, negative feedback loops are a very real thing. And I have this concept called, so what, now what? And mm -hmm. re really what it is, is is trying to shorten the amount of time that you stay in a negative feedback loop, because inevitably it happens to all of us. Things are never gonna go the way we plan. Things are gonna derail our day. We're gonna get hit and blindsided by all different things, but there's nothing you can do about, you're gonna feel bad when these things happen, but how long you stay in that mode is really up to you. So, you know, it's if you if you the example I always use is when I see someone on social media that just went through something, maybe it's and it's not even a big thing. Maybe you your flight's delayed. I see this all the time. And then Were you watching, then, was it me? <laughs> <laughs> always delayed. Oh, oh, well, yeah. So, and it, oh, man, I hope I'm not uh, talking right to an example of, of something you did. But. <laughs> you might be. <laughs> But I mean, it really is. It's like, it could be anything or someone cut me off in traffic or I can't believe this person, this, whatever. And then you have, you've now gone to something that happened in your life. And now you're recruiting people on social media to embrace your negative feedback loop where it could have just been, yeah. so what, now what? I'm on to the next thing and you close those gaps. I mean, it, it could be a, a relationship that went bad. I mean, I look at, again, auditing things back in my life. 
girl broke up with me in my early 20s and, and I spent eight months feeling sorry for myself. Whereas if I could have just been like, so what now what it is what it is, you know, <laughs> I'm never going to get that time back. So yeah, identifying those moments and just being able to say, so what now what on to the next thing, no matter how bad it is, is something that will just stop that negative feedback loop. I, I call that rallying my troops. And I used to do that a lot when something, something bad would happen. You look, misery loves company and you want people to sit with you in that, right? So you look for like, oh my gosh, this person did this to me. Can you believe it? And you want to hear them say, oh my gosh, you poor thing. And that just keeps you stuck in that spot, right? You're never getting past it. So I love that. Now what? Yeah. Move on. So what? now what? I think everybody that's listening today literally needs to get a marker and write, so what, now what? Like on your mirror in the bathroom, put it on some post-it notes. Maybe you have it in your car. If you are a road rager, like literally <laughs> just remind yourself, so what, now what? <laughs> so, okay. So speaking of putting a post-it note on your mirror, Justin, we talk a lot about goal setting with our team and with, you know, on the podcast. So how do you typically set goals for yourself and what are some tricks that you do to kind of stay on track there? Yeah, a big game changer for me, I learned from one of my mentors was the morning routine. Mm. So I mean, this is huge. And it doesn't seem like it's that big a deal. But I promise you, when you start doing this, everything's going to change. So the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, is you open that journal. And you got to start with a little piece of gratitude. It's impossible mm. to have a bad day. When you write out the things that you're thankful for, the thing, the people that you have gratitude for, that sets your intention for the day in such a way that everything that you're going to come in contact with, inevitably, you're going to handle it better. So I start with a gratitude journal, and then I write some big goals that I can't even imagine accomplishing, and then some micro goals for the day. And then the last thing I do, this one's a little different. I write a love letter to myself because... A lot of times we, especially people that are striving for success, we are very hard on ourselves yeah. and you have to find some grace for yourself yeah. and write to your future self. So, and this is, you know, if you write down goals about the things you want, your subconscious mind doesn't really chase that. You have to write it down as if. So yeah. I write down the things that I am, the things that I have accomplished from my future self, writing a love, like almost a love letter to myself of, you know, thank goodness I stopped drinking every day because now I have X, right? So anything you want to accomplish, write it down as if you already did it and then thank yourself in the future backwards for getting that thing done. And you'll program yourself to have the life you want. Mm -hmm. I used so to do good. that with my team, actually, like every quarter, you know, write that love letter. What does it look like? You know, we do monthly vision boards, um, and like at the beginning of the year, I'm like, let's do a vision board, not a year vision board, but like the first six months. And then every month at the beginning of the month, let's do another one. I love how you're doing a goal every day. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. If you write down the couple things you have to get done, you know, there's a lot of concepts on goal setting. Winning perpetuates winning. So you have yep. to put down some small ones that you know you're going to get done. And as you check those things off, you're going to attack the bigger ones. So um, a lot of you know people say, you know, plant monster goals and it's, it's better to fall short of a giant goal. You'll be farther along. But that's not really how the subconscious mind works. You need to you need to hit little wins that perpetuate more winning. Steph and I have been driving home the morning routine for a couple of years now <laughs> in this podcast. We, we read Hal Elrod's book, Miracle Morning, and we did a Miracle Morning challenge. And I think you're 
the morning routine can really look different depending on who you are and what your goals are. But the the main point is that you start your day off in an intentional way, right? You don't just allow the day to happen to you. You control how the day goes by starting your morning in a, in a specific way. Because so many people are just rushing into their day. They're getting woken up by their kids or their alarm or their whatever. And so immediately, like you're saying, you can't, it's impossible to have a bad day if you're waking up with that gratitude. And so, but the people that don't understand that concept or they're just like, I mean, I already went to bed too late. I could never wake up too early. You know, like no matter what, I'm getting up, you know? And it's funny when we did. So I always did the miracle morning with my team like years and years ago. And when we did the miracle morning on the podcast, I was not in a good season. And so (laughs) she never did the miracle morning. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, I did not do the miracle morning. And that's why I stayed in that season of like misery, basically, because I have been doing that for so long. And, you know, if you Google or read or anything about the most successful people, the millionaires, the people that are, you know, successful in life, it is their morning routine. Absolutely. I love that. I mean, (laughs) all of my success is modeling (laughs) off off of people that have done the things that I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Who are your favorite? Um, Like, I know you mentioned your mentor. Is there like people that you love or recommend? Can I guess Um, one? Go for it. Andy Frisella. I love Andy Frisella. I I listened to like three episodes of his podcast this morning and I'm like, oh man, you can't not like the guy. I mean, you probably could. You could probably love him or hate him, honestly. But I, for me personally, I can't not love the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I come from a, uh, it's interesting how most of the people I, I see this theme of that have extreme weakness become their extreme strengths. And yes. I need to hear someone like Andy, he makes me tougher, you know, yeah. cause I'm, I'm the person that had a ton of social anxiety when I was younger, didn't go to prom out of fear, like stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me to, get so fed up with these qualities and the anxiety and all the stuff that I literally went on a mission to make it my strength. Cause I wanted to get rid of it. You know, that's, there's people like Frisella who, when you listen to that, you have to keep that in your head. It, it will just keep you straight and, and keep you forward. So, yeah. I love that. So that reminds me of, I don't know if you listen to school of greatness, Lewis Howes. Um, his podcast, he talks a lot about that. Like when he was younger, he had so many fears that held him back. And even as young as like a senior in high school, he just decided that every single day he was going to do things that he was terrified of doing. And one was like talking to girls. So he just forced himself to go up and talk to girls and like, or like sing in front of people. And he would do all these things that sounds very terrifying in order for him to just get past these fears and move on from them. There, there are very few exceptions to the rule. But everyone who you think has it together or has it made, they built that. They that was came. developed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what about, do you have an evening routine? Evening routine has been interesting right now, um, just because I'm doing 75 hard. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm on day 59. And nice. evening, r- <laughs> evening routine is basically making making sure I drink all the gallon of water early in the day so that I don't have a rough <laughs> evening. Yeah. Uh, Didn't forget your 10 pages of personal development. Yeah. That came down to the wire last night. I was reading right up, <laughs> up until midnight. Uh, oh. but, well, so uh, yeah. How are you getting enough sleep? Is sleep top on your priority list? See, because it's, it's on top of mine. I can't wait to hear this because, um, 
KB needs to be in bed and sleeping and, you know, whatever. And I operate the best because I'm also very productive working in the evening. And so that's just what I did because I had a son and building business. Like I couldn't work until he went to bed. And so now I'm like trying to go to bed earlier and then I'm more tired in the morning. You know, I'm still up in the morning, but I used to be up at 5, 5.30. Now it's like 6, 6.30 because, you know, like I used to go to bed at 11.30 and get up at 5.30. And that was enough for me. Friday nights, I was ready for bed by like nine, <laughs> but... Yeah. Last night was an exception just because I, I play hockey once a week and it's late in the evening. But every every other day, especially during 75 hard, I've actually been falling asleep somewhere between 930 and 1030 every night. And I'm up between 430 and six at the latest. So, um, yeah, I've been getting up earlier, getting a lot done before the day starts. And it's yeah, it's incredible how much uh, gets done when you're on something like 75 hard because you can't go to a restaurant. You can't go out and drink like you can't do anything. So you, all you do is productive stuff. Yeah. So how? So I'm curious. So my husband and I were we were talking to my counselor um, and he told us that because we besides our address, I'm not sure what my husband and I have in common. I mean, the same child, um, but we don't like have similar interests. We're very different in our interests. So he told us that we need to one of one of our assignments was to find something that we can do together. Right. So my idea was 75 hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he's and on, his idea was shooting in the backyard. Exactly. Yes. Hunting. Um, but so but he's on board and he's excited. But I'm wondering, like, first. So you're married, Justin. How does that translate? Like, is your wife doing it or how does she kind of how do you kind of make sure your marriage stays on par if you're the only one doing it? Yeah. So. It, it has been tough in certain ways, but it's also been great in, in other ways. So mm-hmm. uh, she's not doing 75 hard per se, but there's one element of 75 hard that we are doing together. So uh, the 45 minute outdoor workout every day, we've basically turned into our sacred time together that we walk the dog every day. Yeah. Nice. And she has not missed a single walk since the, the beginning of the challenge. So we're, you know, 59 days in a row that we spend 45 minutes together walking the dog. And that's been been really productive for us to talk through whatever and uh, make sure we have that time because we're both very busy. She's a financial analyst at a government contract firm. I'm running two businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been periods of time where we get kind of disconnected and that's yep. been a really good thing that we're going to make that permanent. Um, yeah. It has been difficult because she wants to go to brunch and yeah. Justin can't go to brunch right now. So yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're definitely ready for a vacation at the end of this. Yeah. Well, that, so that's so funny because the whole thing was, I was thinking this will force us to spend time together because we'll do the outdoor work at like walking around the pond is what I'm seeing. Right. And also that I'm like, and then I'll schedule a trip at the end of it. That will be our, you know, Hey, way to go. Good job. We made it through. And another way for us to spend more time together. So, um, between watching your journey, Justin, and then my best friend is also doing 75 hard right now. I think she's on day. She just, she finished day 41. So she'd be on day 42 and I'm her transformation is incredible. And she's like, if you think I've changed on the outside, you can't imagine the changes that have happened to me on the inside. So I just think it's like, you can't, you can't go wrong. We should have our team do that. It's a big ask. I highly, highly recommend it for a different reason that I don't hear much being talked about with 75 hard. Yes. The body transformation is great. All this stuff, you know, I've done those types of things before, but every program I've ever been on has allowed for a cheat day or something short term to look forward to. 
And the problem with that is when you have any compromise at all, you don't live in the process. You're living for that moment where you get a break. Mm -hmm. And 75 hard is such a long period of time to be stuck in a process with zero compromise that you learn to live in the process and you're not looking forward to the result or the end or the payoff mm -hmm. or the cheat meal. Yeah. So I've never lived in a in a process in the moment in every part of the day like I am now. And it's very eye opening. So I highly recommend that if you have not done 75 hard, this is the program that will change your life. That's awesome. I've it's, always wanted to do it, but I never wanted to do it in Virginia because people would always do it in the winter. And I'm like, I'm not going outside for 45 minutes. when it's that cold? <laughs> That's no, the part, like, right? You pick the hardest time of the year to do I it. I know. Listen, it's Amanda's been out there in negative 30 degrees, uh, frozen eyelashes. Like she's just <laughs> doing the damn thing. It's so fun to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's incredible. I, I feel like Justin, we had talked before on your podcast about how it's so easy to say, I can't do it. I can't do it. Cause there's never a 75 day period that's convenient, but that's literally the point, the right? Point. Like it's, I was already thinking like, Oh, in March we have two, I have two trips in March and you know, like, Oh, April it's going to, there's Easter, there's my son's birthday, there are all these things. And I'm like, you know what? There's never 75 days where it's not going to require a, some major compromises. Yeah. Another yeah. thing I love, I was looking on your Instagram and like the soapbox that I get on very, very often is the whole organic thing. Like, no, 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 it's not really organic. And I didn't realize that Heartland was not just Virginia. So I am from Wisconsin, Dairy State. You know, I, I was in Virginia for 10 years. But as soon as I moved to Virginia, I was like, where do y'all get your meat, you know, and everyone's like, Oh, the grocery store. And I was like, gross. And so I actually am not a meat eater anymore. But then I'm, you know, I miss out on protein and, you know, it gets very boring and all that stuff. So um, I would also love to hear more about that. Because obviously, too, what you're putting into your body is so important. And a lot of people are like, Oh, yeah, well, I buy organic. And you're like, Well, first of all, how do you know it's organic? Like, it's probably next to the field that's spraying all of the things and next to the factory that's excreting all of the, you know, waste and all of that stuff. So, um, A, do you guys, you know, do you, are you in Florida? Um, and, or if not, like, what can people do to ensure, you know, we used to buy our cow from our neighbor back in Wisconsin, like to ensure that you're getting that good quality, um, and how impactful that is. And, you know, the, the label of organic. Yes, we, we service the entire Eastern and Central time zone now. So uh, we Sweet. physically deliver in the Mid-Atlantic, but we can ship on dry ice anywhere in the Central or Eastern time zone. Cool. And the question, you know, it's a long conversation about, you know, the term organic, is, it means something different to everyone. You know, to mm -hmm. the USDA, if you dive into that <laughs> definition, it pretty much doesn't mean much. Yeah. So. You know, uh, one of the original organic feeds for chicken was arsenic based. Arsenic's an organic compound that'll kill you. It's just because something's organic doesn't mean it's what you want to eat. So it's much more complicated than that. But in today's day and age, something people aren't really talking about is just the toxic load that we are all under from all angles. So yeah. it's it's just as important to filter your water, to filter your air, to eat clean food. It's it's about the entire package of the burden that you put on yourself. I mean, microplastics are the research on phthalates and BPA could yeah. be the end of our species. I mean, we yeah. are seeing really bad hormonal issues mm -hmm. from all of this toxic load that people carry. The glyphosate 
that's sprayed all over these farms, well, guess what? It gets picked up in evaporation. It's in the rain cycle. It's down in the aquifers. It's in the water. So just because a farmer plants organic, uh, it doesn't mean that that it's not in the food. So Mm -hmm. you do the best you can, but lowering toxic load from all angles is is the big picture. It's so important. Yeah. And um, another funny thing is, you know, my son brings lunch to school and I send it in a glass container. And then every day his teacher says, please tell your mom to send you a plastic container. And I say, please tell your teacher I'm not going to give you cancer. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? But it is like so many people do their meal prep in those containers and then they heat it up and they, you know what I mean? And I'm like, no, stop using the, the plastic too. There's so many things. Even the BPA on receipts, like I don't ever want to, so I was told that, yeah, right. Receipts are covered in BPA. So like, I never, I always hold the bag open and have them throw the receipt in the bag because I don't want to touch it. I don't even let them ask me anymore. I'm just like, I don't need a receipt. I don't want it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want it. Yeah. I hear that. Um, Okay. So I feel like we could talk about that all day, but because we are all busy people, I want to pivot a little and have Justin tell us a little bit about, like talk a little bit about business and investing. So this would be like investing for dummies because I don't know the first thing. And Steph and I are in business together. And this is truly in my life, the first time I've ever had my own money. That's mine. Yeah. And It's just so for the longest time, I just looked at it, right? So I just saw it building up in my account and I was afraid, terrified to touch it. Like, I don't, I just want to watch it get bigger every day. Um, And then I like put it into my checking account. So now there's this, you know, exorbitant amount of money to be sitting in a checking account, but I'm I'm afraid to do anything with it. So talk Mm -hmm. to me a little bit about, you know, just where a person would start. Well, the first thing is getting over that that scarcity uh, mm-hmm. of investing. Fear because, fear. Yeah, because what you have to realize is that if you don't invest, inflation is taking your money from you. So, you know, not investing is actually losing money. So yeah. it, mm-hmm. that should eliminate the fear right there. If I don't at least invest to break even on inflation, I'm losing money. So, right. you know, cash is trash in, in some senses of it. Uh, it's not that simple. There's a lot of times where having cash is a good thing. Like right now, I think having some cash is good based off current market situations. Mm-hmm. But there's really two types of investing. So there's Public investing, which is everything that most people are familiar with, 401ks, IRAs, stock market, ETFs, bonds, you know, all of these things that are available to the general public. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of first decide what type of investor do I want to be? If you don't want to learn about investing and you just want to do the best you can to have some income in retirement, there's nothing wrong with taking your employer match, you know dollar cost averaging into the stock market over the next 30 years in these vehicles. That's not the type of investor I want to be. So the next level of investing is what's called accredited investing. So the SEC has what's called the accredited investor uh, qualification. So what in theory, what they're doing is they're trying to protect people who don't have an investing acumen from dangerous investments, high risk investing. So Mm -hmm. their way of doing that is creating a barrier of entry by income and net worth. So to be an accredited investor in the United States, you have to have an annual income of 200,000 as a single person or 300,000 as a married couple in the last two years with the expectation of having that again in the current calendar year. 
Okay. Or you have to have a million dollar net worth outside of your primary residence. So mm. this basically gets rid of more than 90% of people. Of people. <laughs> yeah. And the problem is, is that all the good investments are only available to accredited investors. Mm. So if you want to be a real investor, my advice is don't even look at that first world of investing and all of your money should be spent on personal development and investing in yourself to become accredited. That's where it starts. And then nice. once you're an accredited investor and you qualify for this whole new world of assets and investments, mm -hmm. then it's real estate, in my opinion. But there's all yeah. kinds of things. It's really what your expertise is going to be. If I can't double my money in 24 to 36 months, I don't invest in it. Think about that. How long does that take in the stock market? And then yeah. you got to pay taxes and yeah. the fees and, you know, all of these 401ks, IRAs, all that stuff is built for the investment banks to take your money. I mean, it is what it is. It's just, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, there's nothing wrong with it if you don't want to learn the other route because you can lose all of your money in an accredited investment. You know, those mm -hmm. could go to zero. Oh but they my also gosh. have the best returns. Right. So do you do any crypto? I have small amounts of crypto. Um, I consider that speculation. I, as far as big lump sums of money, big investments, if it doesn't give me cash flow every month, if it does not pay me, to me, it's not a real investment. So yeah. I need to get paid multiple ways off the same money as well. So I'll just give you kind of some insight to multifamily real estate investing. That's where I do all my investing. I'm a part of projects in Houston, um, where else? San Antonio, Texas, um, East Moline in Illinois. And these are apartment complexes. So uh, I'm invested in groups that we buy an apartment complex and let's, it's worth whatever it's worth. And they make improvements to the property, right? So they might come in and the goal is to raise the rents and the operations of the property. So all of the money that's spent on improving the property is a tax write-off to me. Mm -hmm. So I'm also getting a K-1 filing at the every year that reduces my tax burden. And I'm getting anywhere from 6 to 12% tax-free cash flow every month off of the principal amount mm -hmm. on top of it. So... Then there's the equity multiple, which is when we sell the property, how much is going to get returned. So you can, you're making money several different ways. After the property, the work has been done, you go back to the bank and say, okay, we bought this property for $5 million. We spent a million rehabbing it. We raised the rents. Now we get an appraisal. Let's say it's worth $10 million. They do a refinance at the new valuation. And guess what isn't taxed? Debt. So it's a way to write off all the equity you're building and then take all that return tax-free back to the investors. So I double my money in two to three years and I don't pay a dollar of taxes. Nice. That's nice. exciting. Um, okay. So what if you were giving advice to someone who, let's say they have ten to $50,000, what do they do? What's the best, best route? If you want to go the... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. no, I would. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's how I made this happen. You know, I spent money on proximity, going to events where the people who were doing big things were so I could meet them and learn from them. 
mm-hmm. mean, you, to get access to this stuff, you have to know the people that are doing it and you have to learn yeah. how to evaluate these deals. I must have read 20, 30 real estate books before I made my first investment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast with Grant Grant Cardone. Cardone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was just like, he's just so direct and so just like, you know, he was talking about how at the end of every year, he just, he says he just flushes the toilet, meaning he just like spends all the money that he had, any extra cash that he has, he just spends it, but he never spends any money that he actually makes from, from actual working hours, only money that made money. And it was, it was overwhelming, but it's also just so amazing. And like the, the opportunities are so endless and what you can really do, you know, like I think so many of us, I think there's a lot of people that are afraid, you know, you feel like, maybe I should bury it in the backyard, you know, but like you're saying, like inflation is insane and we're just losing, keeping your money is like you said, it's throwing it away. And you, there's creative ways to do this, you know, like for, for the first 10 years of my career, I didn't know about any of this stuff and I was doing the traditional investing. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, I had this money sitting in a Roth IRA and a 401k equity in my home. And Mm -hmm. I, I found ways you can borrow against that stuff. I took a 401k loan and I bought more real estate. I took a home equity line out of my house and I bought more real estate, you know? So, um, and I'm running literally Grant's playbook. I read, I've read every book that Cardone wrote and that's what got me into multifamily real estate. That's how he made all of his money. So it's, uh, and it's, you gotta, you know, I, I understand fully that I'm going to stick to what I'm good at that produces income. I don't right. want to do that work. I just want to invest with the right people who are great at what they do. So putting your yeah. money behind someone like Grant is is what you want to do. Right, right. And like, okay, so the when did you come to the realization that you would be able to, what was it, $15 million in sales? You know what I mean? Again, I know I think there's a difference for a man and a woman, but... Like you said, 10 years ago, you didn't even know any of this stuff. Um, When I first started network marketing, I knew nothing about it. I spent thousands of dollars on trainings and personal development and going to, you know, different conferences and Tony Robbins and all of that stuff. And, you know, it definitely gets you to the next levels. And the second you stop doing that kind of personal development, you know, I've always said, you know, we our believers and we talk about the Bible, but I also say people in our line of work, you know, you also have to read the things, the personal development for this type of business. Yeah. I mean, there's no substitute for that. The the reason why you wouldn't invest in something you don't feel comfortable is because you're missing information, right? Yeah. Like when I make one of these investments, I have a hundred percent conviction and I sleep at night like a baby. Like right now the stock market's crashing, right? Mm-hmm. Over the past couple of months, I have none of my money's in it. It's great to watch. I mean, it's not great to watch, but it's great. It's satisfying that my 10 years of pounding books and education has my money in a very safe place that produces cash flow every month because ultimately we want to go for a functional retirement, right? Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to create investments that pay for my mortgage and the car payments so that there's a sense of security. It's called cash flow investing is really a, it's a different type of thought process. Instead of saving a lot of money and building a nest egg to then draw down in retirement, it's creating enough cash flow and then living within that cash flow. And that's mm-hmm. indestructible. You have a permanent lifestyle that's built off cash flow. 
Oh, that's also overwhelming. Poor JB, my husband, he ain't sleeping at all. I'll tell you that. He, it's not fun for him to watch the stock market right now. Um, that's right. It's so stressful for me. Like I just oh, man. I don't want to watch 20% corrections and it's just, it's not for me. I've, yeah. I'm actually very risk adverse, which is why I've put so much time and effort into setting yeah. things up this way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's amazing. So it really does pay off to just like you're saying, it's just being knowledgeable enough to be able to do this stuff, you know, putting in the time and energy and money um, to get yourself the knowledge, the education on all these different things so that you can make the right decisions for you and ultimately, you know, be able to invest your money and, you know, you know uh, I mean, how they say there's no shortcuts in life. Mm, heard yeah. that one time or two. There, there absolutely is shortcuts in life. Yeah. <laughs> there absolutely is. You know, I, reading books only got me so far. The big yeah. shortcuts were when I was willing to spend some money mm -hmm. on proximity. Mm -hmm. There, mm -hmm. I mean, you are one person away from meeting the right person that can put you in the right investment that can connect you to the right person for your business or whatever. You know, th those are when I started spending money on proximity to people that are better than me. That's yeah. when everything really changed. People that pay, pay attention. And I, it's so true. If you have no skin in the game, you know, take, you take it or leave it, or it's, it's just not important. But if you actually put your hard earned money into something, you're going to want to take the value back out of it. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about top tier human. Yes. So this is my new company. So I'm basically taking the last 10 years and putting it into a coaching program. So um, it's been interesting on some entrepreneurs I'm working with. Um, mostly it's it's body transformation stuff because with Heartland Foods, we, we've been partnered with dietitians, trainers, gym owners for forever. And I've been working with them. They've been sending me their clients for the food plans, right? Because we do custom cut and packaging and the highest quality stuff. So through that, meeting all these gym owners, seeing their programs, soaking in their education, I got to the point where I, I felt like I, I'm finally overqualified to start um, coaching. I didn't want to do it until I really <laughs> felt like I could really change lives and I was fully qualified. So uh, yeah. I feel like I'm at that point and now I'm coaching people and the the results have been incredible. I, I've, you know, when you have somebody who's crying on a Zoom meeting because they're finally getting the changes they've been trying to get their whole life. I mean, that's, there is nothing more rewarding than that experience. Yeah, that's and I'm addicted to this. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's rewarding work. I get it. Yeah. So, okay. So where can people find you, Justin? So toptierhuman.com. That's my website. Justin Freistadt on Facebook, Instagram, and yeah, love to chat. I do a free 30 minute coaching calls. Even if you just want to sign up for one of those and just chat, I just love to get to know more people. And that's how we, how we level up. Uh, the more hands you shake, the more money we all make. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> we wanted everyone. I love that. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank Absolutely. you. You're the that best. That was great. I feel like we could do an entire series and just keep asking you questions. <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate you you spending your time with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having All me. All right. You bet. 
that's a wrap on another episode of Activate. If you found value or were simply entertained, please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, be sure to follow us on Activate Pod on Facebook and Instagram so you don't miss a thing. Thanks for your support. Today's the perfect day to activate your life. We love y'all.